Hey y'all, it is I, Raquilla Dene of RaquillaDene.com. Military spouse, homeschooling mom, communication stylist, and encouragement extraordinaire. Welcome back to the couch. I'm always glad to be here with you, and I'm so thankful that you chose to join me yet again. Today, we are going to dive right in. Last week, I gave you kind of a play-by-play of how certain parts of my trip went, mostly the beginning. But I want to take a little bit of a turn. I want to get more topical on you. So just follow me here for a bit. The title of this episode is Don't Test Your Healing. So often we feel the need to prove to ourselves or to have confirmation of some sort that we're getting better, that we're growing, that things are changing. And we do the same thing with actual wounds. Think about it. How many times have you put a Band-Aid on and then pulled it off to see what it looks like? Or had a surgery and they said, wait two weeks before you remove anything. And we just, we have to peek. We have to see. We can do the same thing with our emotional healing and the healing of past traumas. And I'm telling you, when you try to test that growth, it is not a good feeling. Why are we talking about this? Because there's a lot of heaviness in the world right now. There is a lot of sadness. There are murders and diseases and viruses and loss of jobs and income and homes. It's just, it seems like devastation is all around. And when you are actively healing wounds or traumas or just really trying to grow, sometimes it feels good to have mile markers. You know, we're almost conditioned to seek out certain markers. In school, you get report cards. At work, you get evaluations. And if you're doing a good job at work, what happens? You get a raise or a bonus. If you're doing really good at school, you know, when you're younger, you get pizza parties. When you get older, you know, there are chords and all these accolades that come along with it. So it's almost human nature for us to want to see and know that we are doing better than before. How does this relate? During my trip to Washington, I decided to go to a few places that were once familiar to me. So I drove past my old elementary school, my old high school, junior high, the homes of friends when we were growing up, took some pictures, you know, little places here and there. But something really powerful happened at a few of those places. Um, I drove past my elementary school and did just fine. I drove up to my high school and immediately began to shake. Now, high school for most people is a great time, and I'm not going to lie. Sis made some good memories, okay? It was, for the most part, a fun time had by all, especially my senior year because I was hardly there. But that's a story for another day. For me, there were some very traumatic moments that happened on that campus also. And I don't know what my body was registering. I was in a great mood. I was actually on my way out to meet friends for dinner. Like I was super excited. I was cute. Uh, The weather was great, but I could not stop shaking. And so I got out because who listens to themselves? Not I, clearly. I got out of the car and I began to walk up to the sign that they have in front of the school. And there's now this like cool bell tower situation. And I felt my heart start palpitating. And it was at that point that I said, okay, too far. I got in the car and I left. 
And I made peace with the fact that I was just not ready to be there. Now, you would think that I would have learned, but did I? No. So as I drove by my junior high a couple of days later, I thought to myself, self, let's just really be grateful for all that we've come out of and we've been through. You are so strong. You are so tough. None of those traumas define you. You got this. So y'all, let me tell you what I did after that pep talk. I made a big mistake. My junior high school was about mm, roughly four blocks from the house that I lived in at the time that I attended that school. And so I made the turn to go to that neighborhood. I'd walk that path many a time, carrying a backpack and my violin. I can remember, you know, the people that I would walk that route with, one of whom I'm still friends with today, a couple of them still acquaintances with. But as I walked that path in school, I was hiding the secrets of what was happening when I was at home from everybody around me, everybody. So I'm driving down this street and it looks much different. It's not as clean or neighborhoody as I remembered. And I immediately knew exactly where I was. And I drove up to the duplex community we lived in. And as soon as I made the turn and saw the house that I lived in when I was in junior high, the house number is 9718. I immediately had a very physical and visceral response. I unintentionally slammed on the brakes of my car, literally in front of these people's house. If they had come outside, it probably would have been ridiculous. But for my own safety, I had to stop because I began to hyperventilate. Like I literally felt like I was choking. I could not breathe. And everything in me wanted to leave, but I could not get myself to hit the gas pedal because I didn't like I didn't have enough control over myself to drive. I was crying hysterically, gasping for breath at like three o'clock in the afternoon in the middle of the street in a neighborhood. I'm sure from if anybody had seen me from the outside looking in, it looked crazy. And I eventually took enough breaths to drive down the street and to the right. Well, down the street and to the right is where a friend of mine lived with his family when we were in school. And he, to this day, is a friend. His wife is amazing, his children. But there was a piece that I always felt being near his house, especially when we were growing up. So I drove into this cul-de-sac and I just sat there and I wept and I wept and I wept and I wept. And then I said, you know what? You're okay. So do y'all think that I drove past that street? and around the next corner in order to leave the neighborhood? No, I drove back by it again. Why? Because I had convinced myself that I needed a picture. Now, granted, other people live here. So now, here I am in a neighborhood where I don't live, where I don't know anyone, and I'm taking pictures. Skeevy is not even the word that probably described the way that I looked. And so I pull up to the front of this house, and I take a picture and I just feel everything in me tense up. And I, I feel the shortness of breath coming back. And I, I just couldn't do it. I rolled down all my windows and I took off as fast as I could. Thank God. It wasn't like driver's ed where like a ball falls out, comes out to the street and the kid chases it because I would have hit somebody's child that day. 
I got away from there as quickly as I possibly could. That was a mistake. I wanted to try to prove to myself that I was okay. But the reality is, is that some things that happen to us in life are never okay. They're just not. And putting ourselves back into a position to prove that we've outgrown those experiences really is re-traumatizing. I ended up calling my therapist and telling her what I did. And she agreed that it was not the best decision. And we agreed together that I would not do anything of the sort again. But it caused me to have to deal with those feelings. I don't even remember if it was that night or a couple of days later. I was sitting in my room at my mom's house. And she has a floor mirror. And so I'm just sitting in the mirror, sitting in front of it. It's late. Everybody else is asleep. And I just cried. I cried and I cried and I cried. And when I finally stopped crying, I looked at myself in the mirror and I just started saying thank you. Thank you to the little girl who survived all those things that happened in that house. Thank you for her bravery. Thank you for her strength. Thank you for her will to endure. Thank you. Because see what that little girl lived through thrived through, coped with, set the foundation for the woman that I am. And I'm not going to lie. There have been times since those moments where I really had to ask God, you know, why, why, if you've always been with me, would you allow something so terrible to happen? I remember, you know, years into my abuse, not wanting to live, but being too afraid of not getting the suicide right and then getting in trouble that I never even attempted. But I just remember asking God, you know, just don't let me wake up. Then nobody will be sad. There won't be a bunch of questions. I just didn't wake up. I can't go through this another day. I can't live through this another day. Please just don't let me wake up. And then waking up and being angry. God, if you loved me, why would I have to go through this? And so as I played some of those thoughts back. You know, I even as an adult now, almost 25 years removed from when these things began, I ask God, you know, why why would you allow that? If you can keep the ocean from overtaking the land, if you can keep the sun from burning up the earth, why couldn't you have kept him away from me? And not just me. Why is anybody having to go through being raped? or abused, or beaten, or murdered, or mistreated, or whatever terrible traumatic thing that's occurring. And his answer to me was, I needed you to go through that so you could be who you are now. And I hated every minute of it. And that took me to a place that had even more questions. You needed me to go through that to be the woman I am now. How unfair. I I could have been a good person without enduring that. I could have gone on to maybe do more than I've done in my life. And God said, yeah, but who you are is not what you do. The way you love, you learn that through those experiences. The way that you comfort, you learn that through those experiences. The way that you use your voice now came from those experiences. The way that you cover, protect, and parent your own daughters came from those experiences. And the way you will be able to nurture and love on others 
who don't know how to get through experiences like that, they're going to need you. And it pained me. And I'm sitting just listening, listening, being ministered to in a way that I honestly can't describe. But to hear in my heart that the very creator of the universe was pained, but knew that there would be greater good in my trauma, that's when I realized I didn't have to test my growth anymore. I don't have to see how far I've come anymore. Those things were never meant to define me. Those instances and circumstances were never meant to change who I was. And I know for some that might sound like a really odd thing. Oh, why would trauma be good? But you see, I can look in the mirror now and truthfully, honestly say to myself, girl, you are beautiful. You are strong. You're an amazing mother. You are phenomenal. You are intelligent. You are creative. I can speak life to myself in ways that I would have never imagined. But a lot of that comes from years and years and years of having to learn who I am because for so long, who I was was synonymous with what was done to me. And even back then, it was about five years of holding that secret as a kid. And I told one person and I made him promise not to tell anybody. And he did, which was probably a mistake. I mean, clearly (laughs) we were all children and a grown up needed to be alerted. But those bonds that were made, I learned what trust was. I learned true friendship and camaraderie and companionship through these experiences that have shaped how I see and move and function in this world. And that is invaluable. That is priceless to me. And as I look at 37 on the calendar, well, my 37th birthday, rather, in two months, I realize that I don't have to prove that I've grown or that I've healed or that I've overcome. No, they, those memories Those moments, those experiences shaped the person I am. I was an overcomer even in the midst of them. I was beautiful and intelligent and worthy even in the midst of feeling disgusting and broken. And I think so often when life happens and we feel triggered or things feel familiar in the worst ways, we immediately began to go back to the thought processes we had when we were in the trenches of those moments. And then to bring ourselves out, we feel like we have to prove that we are no longer that version of ourselves. We are no longer going to be the victim of what happened. But it's so necessary that in searching for that proof, we don't re-traumatize ourselves. There are so many scriptures that I've had to lean on and remind myself of. But it was that experience in Washington. It was driving up to the very first house I ever lived in in that state, which while was interesting, was also very hard because see, that house was up the street from my abuser. Moving to that house introduced him into my life. And while it was many years before he ever violated my trust and my personal space, those places 
are just as vivid in my mind as they were when I lived there, when I was actively going through those years. Y'all, growth is never easy. Growing pains never stop. We learn to feel them and to work through them and to allow them to either make us stronger or remind us that we need to sit and rest and stop, but they're going to come. We don't have to add to the load. I saw for myself what it was to have joy for mourning, to have beauty in place of ashes. And even now, as I think about the little girl that I thanked, the little girl inside of me that helped me be the woman I am, I apologize to her. I apologized for putting her in a position to have to be afraid again when I drove past that house. I apologize for not honoring her sooner. And I apologize for trying to push who she was away and out of sight for so long so that I could be a new and improved version that nobody had to know existed. We don't have to test ourselves to see if we've grown. The proof is in how we move through this world, how we treat people how we are in relationship with other people, how we speak to ourselves when no one else is around, what we see in the mirror when there are no other external voices, no light, no applause. That's the true test. It has been such a weight lifted and a relief to know that, yeah, those things, they can't hurt me anymore. But what I can say from the depths of my heart and with all true sincerity, the trials that we experience in life That's the test. We don't have to go back and retake the class or reread the notes or audit the course to see if we earned a badge of honor that says we did a good job. No, no. Surviving, moving through it, that right there, that's where the healing is. Some things may hurt. Some things may hurt a long time. Some things may always grieve us in ways we can't quite explain but they don't have to define us. And we don't have to try to define who we are through how we respond to those things. I know this episode was a little bit heavier. Um, To be honest, it was not really something I thought I was prepared to share, but I promised myself that I would be genuine and honest. And whatever came first when I got ready to hit record is where we were gonna go on the couch. And I recognize that it may be triggering for some. And for that, I do apologize. That is definitely not my intention. But know that you are not alone. Know that there is grace for you. Know that healing is very possible. And I just continue to remind myself, and I'll say it to you too, that if we weary not in our well-doing, in due season, we will reap if we faint not. I can't tell you how long those seasons will be. I can't tell you how hard those seasons will be, but I can promise you that they won't last forever and that you'll get to a point where you can breathe deeply and know that whatever you experience, the trauma, the trial, the hurt, whatever, as you continue to forgive yourself and choose those things that bring peace and lean and rest in the arms of God, the one whose son's name is Jesus, the more you'll realize that your very life was on purpose. And while some choices lead down paths that seem 
unbearable. He wants you to overcome. Don't give up. Find a friend. Use your voice. Cry out if you have to. And for those of us who are on the other side of that journey, who endured, who were traumatized, where it's past tense, we made it through. That is proof that we passed the test. That's it. You don't have to prove anything to yourself or anyone else. You made it. You're here. You were given another day and you chose it. You're choosing to live a life. You're choosing to be in relationship. You're choosing to try again. God is so faithful. And if we truly, truly trust him, he'll never leave or forsake us. Thank you for joining me on the couch. I look forward to every conversation we'll have again soon. And until next time, see you.